you enjoy our parenting podcast, but you're curious to hear us talk about some non-parenting things for a change, like minivans and meal plans or coffee machines and morning routines, I, y'all, I promise that's all the rhyming I'm going to do in this episode. <laughs> and we're so glad you're joining us for today's episode as we celebrate our three-year anniversary of the podcast with our annual Ask Us Anything episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. If you find our podcast encouraging and helpful, would you prayerfully consider making a one-time donation this month in celebration of our three-year anniversary? Just go to gingerhubbard.com support to give any amount. Another way you can help support our mission is to purchase Ginger's resources directly from her website instead of other online retailers. And stay tuned until the end of this episode to receive a discount code on your purchase at gingerhubbard.com. Listeners, we are so thankful for the opportunity to encourage you each week, and we sincerely appreciate your support. This enables us to further our mission, to help parents reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. I don't know about you, but I just love waking up in the morning, curling up in my comfy chair with a warm cup of coffee and reading the daily news. Did you just tense up? Because I did. Honestly, I sense myself wanting to avoid the news at all costs and shield my children from it as well. But what if there was a better way to be informed without being disheartened? Well, that's exactly what I love about the world and everything in it. This podcast from World News Group is my favorite source for current events because I can get sound journalism from a Christian worldview without the hysteria, the chaos, and the stress. As one of Apple Podcasts' top 100 news programs, they deliver essential headlines, field reporting, interviews, and expert analysis every weekday. Search for The World and Everything in It wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Ginger, we're going to get right to listener questions so we can answer as many as we can in this episode because we got a lot of questions. But first, three years. Can you believe that? That is insane. Uh, I know it really is. In some ways I can and in some ways I can't. But, you know, let's not go off on a tangent about that because, as you said, we did get so many questions. And I'm with you, Katie. I want to answer as many as we can. All right. Our first question comes from Angie on Instagram, and she wants to know, what are some ways you could disciple other women while having a newborn and a toddler? Mm, That's a good question. Mm -hmm. Well, one idea is to write notes to them or maybe text them Bible verses, prayers, or words of encouragement as the Lord leads. And I would also encourage you, Angie, to not feel guilty if you can't actually meet in person on a regular basis to disciple women during this season of life. Mm -hmm. Having a newborn and a toddler to care for, I think we all agree that is a full-time job. As wives and moms, we need to be careful to not walk past our families in order to minister to others. And Angie, I'm not saying uh, by any means that you should not meet in person to disciple women during this season. I'm just encouraging you to maybe cut yourself a little slack during this busy time by remembering that you're also called to minister to your family, uh, to your husband, assuming that you're married, by being there for him. And as you said, you have two little hearts. You're discipling all day, every day. Mm. Different seasons of life bring 
in different people to disciple. So don't miss out on opportunities to disciple those God has in front of you right now during this particular phase of life. I completely agree with that, Ginger, and not at all to dissuade our listener from being an encouragement to other women, but there are definitely seasons in life when this isn't as realistic on a regular basis. I do find that handwritten notes, though, are some of the most thoughtful things I can receive. And those can be done during a baby's nap time and without disconnecting from our kids like we would do on a phone call or if we're texting constantly. However, I will say, I have some girlfriends who are on Marco Polo with me and and on Voxer as well. And those are some of the richest conversations that I have because I am home all day every day with my kids. So I I find those to be really sweet and encouraging as well. Um, I also like the idea of finding ways to minister to others along with our kids. So maybe double a recipe every other week or once a month and then take it and your kids over to a friend's house and bless them and their family. Okay, so our next question comes from Jennifer who wrote in on Instagram asking, what podcasts do you enjoy listening to? Hmm. Well, I don't actually get to listen to podcasts that often because I'm too busy working on ours all the time. (laughs) But when I do, um, I do like Compelled. My friend Paul Hastings interviews Christians on his podcast, which is called Compelled, and uses his excellent storytelling ability to bring people's testimonies to life. Mm -hmm. Um, For news, I like the world and everything in it, which is why we are thrilled to have them as one of our sponsors. Mm -hmm. And I also like to listen to Relatable with Allie Best Stuckey sometimes. Well, I'm a huge fan, I hesitate saying this, of true crime podcasts and courtroom podcasts because I'm fascinated by the whole process of law and order in our society. I would have been an attorney if I cared to read that much. Um, (laughs) But I I do find that too much of that type of content affects my mood. Uh, So I switch over to homeschooling podcasts like Simply Charlotte Mason. I also love listening to sermons on podcasts, so I do that pretty regularly. But lately, most of my listening is to audiobooks because I was challenged and inspired by two of my girlfriends, two of them who are on Marco Polo with me, uh, to read or listen to a hundred books this year, which is nuts. So I'm taking that pretty seriously because I like a good group goal. <laughs> I don't know, Katie. That's two books a week. Yeah, I, I mean, know. I, I don't know. I'm lucky to get through two books a year. <laughs> it is a very lofty goal for sure. But I mean, if I even get close, I'll be pleased with that. That'll be an accomplishment. Uh, next up, Becca on Instagram wants to know, and this is a really burning question, I'm sure for many of our listeners, SUV or minivan? And she also says, what is your favorite meal to make for meal trains? What's your favorite meal to make when hosting in your home? And what is the most influential book you've read in the past five years? All Mm. very good questions. Mm -hmm. All right. So SUV, Mm -hmm. chicken or turkey pot pie to take to others, chicken parmesan and chopped salad when we have folks over for dinner. Uh, For my pot pies, I always um, have cooked and shredded chicken or turkey on hand in my freezer. And I like to cook enough to make several pies. And what I do is I go ahead, cook it, shred the meat, then divide it into two cup portions to freeze separately in Ziploc bags. This way, when I want to take a meal to someone at the last minute, which is usually the case for me, Mm -hmm. I can just throw out one of the bags. And I always keep the other ingredients on hand so I can just quickly throw a pie together literally in less than 30 minutes. And I also like to use aluminum pans so that family and friends don't have to return anything. So just a really, I guess, kind of a quick tip there that if you want to have something on hand that you can take to folks quickly, um, I will put a 
my chicken or turkey pot pie recipe in the show notes. It is super easy and quick. And I'll go ahead and put my recipe for chicken parmesan too, because that's always a family and friends favorite in our home. The Bible, of course, is the most influential book I've read in the past five years. I hope all of our listeners would say that. Other than that, I've been greatly influenced by Peter uh, Scazzaro's, I think that's how you say it, Peter Scazzaro's book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, which is also my answer to our next listener question that came in from Katie Ann. She asked, Katie Ann, maybe. Katie Ann? I would okay. say it, Katie I'm terrible with names. It's Katie okay. Ann, Katie Ann, <laughs> forgive me, whichever it is. <laughs> It's probably Kadian, and we're both wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm bad about butchering the name. <laughs> okay. But anyway, she asked, what book would you recommend for improving EQ? Actually, the same book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. The author helps Christians understand that it's impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. Mm. And he outlines 10 symptoms of emotionally unhealthy spirituality. Then he unpacks core principles to guide you into an experience of lasting beneath the surface transformation in your relationship with Jesus. And I could just relate to so many of the author's struggles with things like people pleasing, uh, living a hurried life that comes from not setting good boundaries, and just several uh, things that he confessed to in there. I could just relate to so much of what he had to say there. Um, it's a really great book full of biblical truths and practical application. So we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Yeah, I'm going to add that one to my list. Oh, these are all fun questions. So I was a minivan girl until we bought our SUV last year and we had to do it because my oldest is now six feet tall and he looked like a sardine in our minivan, frankly, and <laughs> I felt bad. Uh, but we also now spend lots of time at the baseball fields and at horse shows and our SUV is very well suited for that. It's basically a land yacht, you guys, me trying to park <laughs> that thing, but I do love it. Uh, as far as meals, I love to make soups, especially in the winter with homemade bread or some kind of pasta sauce with the noodles cooked separately so that they can easily reheat or freeze if they don't want it immediately. I'll put a link in the show notes to some of my favorite recipes to take to others because I do like to do that often. Well, I say often. I like to do that as often <laughs> as I can. And I'll also put a link to some of the takeaway containers that I buy on Amazon so I can take meals and yeah, they don't have to worry about bringing dishes back. Mm -hmm. Great. When I'm at home, I tend to go with the same things because I get super distracted once we have guests in the house. So soup is great because I can have it completely done before they come in the door and I don't have to think too much and ruin something. I often make winter minestrone because it has tons of veggies. I make buffalo chicken soup if I know my guests like spicy things or I'll make white chicken chili or loaded potato soup because you just throw in a good tossed salad or my favorite is grilled romaine. Literally just throw the lettuce on, mm. like the whole romaine on the grill, grill it up real fast and serve it with some homemade Caesar dressing and Parmesan. And it is so good. And I think it's elegant enough to serve for company. Uh, try that. I've never heard of that. Oh, it's so good, Ginger. It just adds that smoky flavor to the lettuce. It's mm -hmm. wonderful. Uh, I also love making tiramisu brownie cookies. And my favorite are lemon cream cheese cookies. And I'll put a link to all of those in the show notes. But the lemon cookies are actually lemon ricotta, but I always do cream cheese instead of ricotta. Same amount. Okay. Her last question was one I had a lot of trouble trying to answer. The most influential book I've read in the last five, five years. Um, outside the Bible, I'd, I'd have to say A Praying Life by Paul Miller. It is truly life-changing. But my favorite pleasurable reads in the past five years are Pride and Prejudice because 
I love Jane Austen's writing. And there's also a book I read recently that I loved called, oh, did you hear that? It just came out, The Southern, when I talk about what I love. (laughs) Um, It's a book called Everything Sad is Untrue. It is a fascinating memoir from an Iranian refugee. So Mm. I couldn't put either of those books down. They were Mm. so good. Mm, That's so funny, Katie, because I've actually tried to read Pride and Prejudice several times because so many people say it's their favorite book. It seems like on Instagram (laughs) when they put up those little feelers, what's your favorite book? It's just the majority say Pride and Prejudice. I see it all the time. And I know you've mentioned it several times. So I've actually never made it to the end. I just, I'm (laughs) bored out of my mind before I even make it to the halfway point. I don't know what it is. I'm just more of a psychological thriller kind of person when it comes to novels, I guess. Oh, I like those too, though. I do. Okay, next question comes from Brooke on Instagram, and she asks this. If you were talking to a new believer about how to live a godly life, what would you say? It's a good question. Mm-hmm. I would say everything you need to know about being a follower of Christ can be found in the Bible. The Holy Word of God provides you with everything from detailed instructions for living a Christ-centered godly life to the redemptive and atoning grace of Jesus that covers you when you don't. Mm. So read your Bible and pray without ceasing for God's wisdom and guidance in your life. I might also direct them specifically to Titus chapter 2, particularly verses 11 through 14, which not only gives specific instructions for living a godly life, but also shed light on what should motivate us to do so. Those verses say, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. And I just love the way Paul explains how God's grace should inspire us to live a godly life. He makes it clear that God's grace, it's not a license for sin. It's an inspiration and motivator to live for the glory of God and the hope we have in Jesus. Mm, That's good, Ginger. I think my answer would be that as simplistic as this sounds, Develop the discipline of being in the Word and in prayer every day. And that doesn't have to look any specific way or last any particular amount of time, but just setting aside any distractions, particularly the phone, um, and taking the time to make that a regular part of your life is just so nothing can replace that. You know, I liken it to a new bride who's asking for ways to grow closer to her husband. We wouldn't first tell her to read a bunch of books about marriage or talk to her friends about her marriage, though those are good things and can enrich a marriage. We would tell her to spend more time with her husband. Time in prayer and Bible reading builds intimacy and there is no substitute for it. Hmm. All right. Martha on Facebook asks this, how in the world did Ginger get so amazing at memorizing and quoting scripture? Please let me know if there are any resources or books that she recommends. Well, I memorized a lot of scripture from music. Singing the Bible is a fun, easy way to memorize. Uh, When my kids were growing up, whenever we were running errands in the car, we listened to artists who sang word-for-word Bible verses. And our favorite was the NIV Kids Club, which is probably not around anymore because I'm old. (laughs) I don't don't know that I've heard of that one. Yeah, it's pretty old, but we loved it. Um, My kids loved it, just learned so much uh, Bible 
scripture from that. Um, but our friend Ty Rumble has several word-for-word scripture albums that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, you can check out those and even listen to a few of his songs on his website, tyrumble.com. My favorite is the third volume that I think he released um, fairly recently. Mm-hmm. He also sings a lot of his songs on his Instagram account, so we'll put a link to both in the show notes so you guys can check that out. And I've also heard uh, that Hide Them in Your Heart is really good, so yes, we'll have Heather... Yeah. They are okay, good. So Mm -hmm. we'll have Heather put a link to that one in the show notes as well. Another way I memorized scripture was by staying involved in Bible study groups where we all held each other accountable to learn and recite verses. And I'll just say that having friends who hold us accountable is a great way to help stay diligent to hide God's word in our hearts. But full disclosure here regarding the scriptures that you guys hear me quote on this podcast, I don't actually have all of them (laughs) memorized. I have them written down before we record. And even more disclosure is if Ginger's going to mess up on our podcast, it's going to be while she's reading scripture. Always. <laughs> Every Why time. Why is that? It, I don't, it's Satan. That's just Satan. It is. Tongue-tying me. <laughs> well, I second the scripture songs because even though we do have a habit of scripture memory in our home, I still get those confused. The only ones I can recite without error are the ones that were set to music. So there's just something about that. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. sure there's science to back it. Katie on Instagram wants to know your single favorite purchase you've ever made? That was a hard question. Mm-hmm. It took me a while. I had to ponder that one. but And I even asked my husband because I had something in mind and he said the same thing. He goes, I know what it is. It's my Lexus SUV. Now, before y'all start thinking that I'm living a bougie life of luxury bougie girl, <laughs> and cancel your monthly support of our podcast, let me explain, because we really need your support. <laughs> I did not set out to buy a Lexus. In fact, I was hesitant to buy it because I was afraid that people might actually think I was living a bougie life of luxury. Um, it was an older used model, and I got an amazing deal on it that was just too good to pass up. I do love it, though, so much so that I've been driving it for 14 years. Mm. Uh, The dash is cracked. The AC makes a weird noise, and it's got over 200,000 miles on it. (laughs) But I'm actually hoping I could get another 200,000 out of it. Uh, So uh, you guys don't go calling me bougie, okay? Well, I'm going to vouch for that Lexus (laughs) because it's a workhorse, and it is very well loved because of all the travel you've done all those years. (laughs) Okay, I had a really hard time with this question, but... I think mine has to be our very bougie coffee machine. Uh, I'm embarrassed by how much we paid for this thing, but in fairness, it was an anniversary gift from my husband and we have used it to death. And we probably ended up saving five times that amount by no longer buying overpriced, burnt tasting coffee. And I'm just a huge fan of this coffee machine. So I will reluctantly put a link to it in the show notes. (laughs) Okay, Sarah says this. She would love to know more about you, Ginger, and me as homeschool moms. What education philosophies did we follow and what resources did we find helpful and encouraging to stay strong in our pursuits? Well, I would not recommend homeschooling the way I did. Uh, Structure is important, but I have to admit, I was just way too structured. For years, I required my kids to finish every page and every workbook because that's just the kind of person I am. I like to complete tasks fully. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they don't even do that in the school system. They right. don't, I think, I think that they average like completing 70 to 75% of the school books. But my poor kids had to do every page and every workbook <laughs> for years. Um, and there are just much better resources available now that can be customized to meet the needs of your family and uh, to help you find a healthy balance in your approach. 
I do highly recommend Dorinda Wilson's book, The Four-Hour School Day. That's a really good one if you're looking Mm -hmm. for balance. Okay. Well, I'm probably not the best person to ask either because I did the opposite of gender and pursued almost every single educational philosophy that exists. However, we did land on a mostly Charlotte Mason style of homeschooling that has served us extremely well the past several years. Uh, There have been seasons where I needed a more hands-off approach to the planning and execution, and I loved BJU Press for that. My kids were engaged. They found it enriching. Um, And then we had seasons where I was way more lax than I should have been, and we just did a lot of experiential learning, we'll call it that. And, <laughs> but I am most comfortable with our current routine. Uh, I say we're mostly Charlotte Mason because I also incorporate other resources that probably wouldn't fit into that category. Y'all have heard me talk about it and I'm going to keep talking about it, but our math program is CTC math and we're loving it. My kids are excelling with it and I have found it to be a pretty huge relief to have that part of our day be so predictable mainly because it doesn't have to be done by me. Um, My kids also watch World Watch every morning for their current events, and that has become their favorite part of the day. Mm -hmm. And we'll put links to all this in our show notes. And yes, they are sponsors of this podcast, but they are sponsors because we love them and we use them. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Yep. I also can't talk about homeschooling without recommending Simply Charlotte Mason which was co-founded by our good friend, Sonia Schaefer. You guys have heard her on the show. Our bookshelves are full of her resources. And there isn't one resource of hers that we have that we haven't loved. They are simple, they're beautiful, and they're life-giving. And I cannot recommend her resources enough. Have your kids ever come to you with math homework and asked for your help, only for you to realize you did a mathematical brain dump the day you graduated high school? Well, I have great news for you, parents. Whether you're homeschooling or helping your kids with their math homework after school, CTC Math is an invaluable resource. They have video tutorials and summaries that are concise and really engaging while still fully covering the subject matter. It's like having your own personal math tutor accessible at any time. I have so many favorite things about CTC Math, but just to name a few, I get extensive reports and summaries of my kids' progress, We have access to CTC Math's entire catalog of lessons, not just per grade level, as many online math programs do. And finally, there is a 365-day money-back guarantee, literally no questions asked. If you or your kids need some extra help with math, go to ctcmath.com and sign up for a free trial. Again, that's ctcmath.com. Okay, moving on to a question from Brenda. She says, congrats on the third year anniversary. We have been greatly blessed by your podcast. What is something the Lord has impressed in your heart or taught you these past three years as you encourage parents to faithfully instruct their children? I love that question. I do too. I would say to be mindful that not every situation is the same. Each child is a unique creation of God. And while there are biblical absolutes for parenting, how the methods are fleshed out can and should vary in accordance with the discernment and direction God gives parents as they study and know their children. Absolutely. You know, I didn't realize until she asked this question that God has burdened me with something specific in my own life. And also as I interact with our listeners and others, and please hear my heart that I see this mostly in my life and sometimes sense it in some of the questions and feedback we receive. But Here's my concern. Um, Those of us who listen to parenting podcasts and read all the books 
often suffer from a kind of self-righteousness that is really difficult to detect because it seems so pious. Uh, We're working out our faith. We have our sleeves rolled up and no one is working harder at it than we are. But self-righteousness can rear its ugly head when I hear a podcast episode or even see the title of one and think, so-and-so really needs to hear this to figure out why their kids act the way they do. (laughs) Um, It rears its ugly head in me when I read or listen to something that challenges my beliefs about some minor issue of the faith even, and I feel myself wanting to provide the necessary feedback to the author of it. It shows up in me when my kids misbehave and I'm incensed that they would do so after I gave such a heartfelt discourse after our last discipline session. (laughs) And I know it shows up when I'm more offended by the sins out there than I am about the ugliness in my own heart. So I believe that kind of self-righteousness leads to a style of parenting that is legalistic and could cause as much, if not more harm to our children than spiritual neglect would. Mm. Katie, that was deep. We could have done a whole episode on Katie's confessions. No, please don't. (laughs) No, seriously, Katie, I always appreciate your transparency, and I know our listeners do too. Mm. Okay, so what's next? Okay, Stacy wants to know, what is your number one piece of marriage advice? Hmm. To be respectful and supportive when your spouse is talking to someone else. In other words, don't interrupt, correct, or take over while they're talking because you think you can explain something or tell a story better. Ooh, that's good. That sounds like there might have been some trial and error involved in that. (laughs) We'll get Ginger's true confession some other time. How about that? No, no, no. I'm going to go ahead and confess right now that I am still a work in progress on that one. I didn't say I'd perfected it. I just said that was my advice. Okay. okay. All right, Katie. So what's your number one piece of marriage advice? Ooh, um, my advice is to learn how to argue well. Uh, It has taken years of marriage counseling, and I'm still pretty horrible at it. Uh, But becoming curious, that's a word that therapists like to use, curious, become curious about your spouse so I can learn how to better support him rather than gathering data for a court hearing where I'm the prosecutor, the judge, the jury. Uh, That's probably one of the most meaningful things I have learned in all the counseling we've done. Mm. Okay, Stacy also asked this, what is your number one piece of life advice? Hmm. Think before you speak. It's probably my biggest downfall. Yeah, I'm going to have to second that one. Not, not that that's your biggest downfall, but that that's mine too. <laughs> well, thanks a lot, Katie. <laughs> yeah, Ginger, I see that in you. No, I'm going to ditto that one. Uh, that is a lifelong struggle. And I mean, I think that's the number one reason, Ginger, you and I decided to plan our episodes so carefully. Mm, Otherwise, we would have an apology episode every other week. Or maybe twice a week. Yep. Uh, Elizabeth emailed three questions. Her first question is, what do your husbands do for their jobs? Well, my husband, Ronnie, works for British Telecom, which is a global company. So he works with people all over the world, and he's just as Southern as I am. So you should hear him trying to communicate with some of these people in other countries. It's quite (laughs) hilarious. Um, What he does is really a bit over my head, but I'll do my best to explain it. When communication networks go down with big companies like uh, Philips, Bristol-Myers, Nestle, those are just a few of their current clients, Ronnie manages technical support teams to repair and restore communication networks. And he's been working uh, for British Telecom now for, uh, I guess, over 34 years. And it's a huge blessing for us because he's able to work from home, which means that we get to be together all the time. And for us, that's a 
great thing because we love being together. He is my favorite person to be with in the whole world. Uh, so much so that when we first got married almost 13 years ago, we actually set up our workspaces in the same room, but we found out that we talked too much. So we had to separate. We're in separate <laughs> yeah, rooms now. That, that would not end well for me either. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. But that's okay because we still get to have our lunch breaks together in the comfort of our own kitchen, quite often in our pajamas, which is very nice. I love that. <laughs> well, my husband also works from home. He works for a tech company that implements Salesforce uh, and does other kinds of technology consulting for small businesses. It's been a really good fit for our family because he was in the Air Force for nine years and he was active duty and that was a lot of time with him gone. So we love having him home. Okay, Elizabeth's second question is this. What is one thing you wish you would have done differently when your children were younger? Well, kind of repeating what I mentioned earlier, but I wish I had not been so structured with schoolwork. I was one of those people who mistakenly thought that homeschooling had to look like a traditional school. So my kids spent lots of unnecessary time doing busy work. And it wasn't until after they graduated that I realized there are more creative and fun ways to learn than sitting at a desk all day. Uh, so if I could go back, learning would have been much more laid back, fun, and adventurous. Ginger even had a bell installed in her house, like one of those really loud <laughs> ring <laughs> Katie, I really did set up like a traditional schoolroom. Like did I had you? the bulletin board, the seasonal bulletin board, uh, the Pledge really? Allegiance flag, yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I bulletin boards are fun out. though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I did chill out uh, in, in the later years, but th there was quite a few years that it was very structured as if they were in a real school. And then I learned that, you know, it doesn't have to be like that. <laughs> well, I would say... What I wish I would have done differently is put down the stinking devices and keep them out of my kids' hands. Uh, mm -hmm. Hands down, one of my biggest regrets is giving my oldest an iPad to keep him entertained when he was a toddler. iPads had just come out when he was a toddler, and I just thought, oh, these are educational games, and mm -hmm. little did I know. Whew. Anyway, well, we just found out so much about the damage of screen time yeah. since then. So yeah, we have. Know. Yeah. We have. And he's not scarred for life, hopefully. So That's right. <laughs> Elizabeth's third question is, what denomination of church do you guys go to? Well, we are at Auburn Community Church, which is non-denominational. Uh, our pastor, Miles Fidel, studied at Reformed Theological Seminary. Um, he is one of my favorite. He is such an excellent expository teacher. Mm -hmm. um, so if any of our listeners live in the Auburn Opelika area, or if you have kids at Auburn University who might be looking for a place to worship and plug in, we would love for you to come visit. We are a war eagle, Bible-believing, <laughs> Jesus-exalting church, and we would absolutely love to have you. Now you just scared everybody away. <laughs> <laughs> well, we currently are at a Baptist church near the Athens, Georgia area. Go dogs. Uh, but we have been a part of other denominations in the past and have been edified through them. We just really, really like the potlucks and altar calls at our current church. So <laughs> just kidding. Very Southern Baptist. Yes, yes. And you guys have heard our pastor on the podcast as well, Josh. Mm -hmm. J. Josh Smith is wonderful and, and is. another great expository preacher. We're grateful for him. Yep. All right. Jenna emailed us with two questions. Her first question is, what are your favorite resources for studying the Bible? Well, I love to study books of the Bible alongside commentaries. I have several sets, but probably the one that I go to most is by John Corson. Um, I'm also involved in a community group of women where we go through different books of the Bible together. One of the favorite resources we've used has been Nancy Guthrie's Bible study on Genesis called The Promised One. 
Uh, we're currently going through First and Second Timothy and Titus using David Jeremiah's Bible study series. Not quite as in-depth as Nancy's studies, but that's actually what we were looking for, something that didn't take uh, quite as much time, but it's also good. So it really, it depends on whichever one I'm going through. Whatever I'm going through is always my favorite. <laughs> yeah. But, but I do love commentaries, um, and I do like John Corson's a lot. I'm enjoying the Bible recap with Terry Cobble. Um, I'm using that in the morning. And I showed Ginger how to find it on her Bible app because she could. <laughs> had spent hours <laughs> trying to figure out how to do it. Katie showed me in like five seconds. I was like, Ginger, you just go to the Bible app and it's there now as a reading plan. She's like, what? Are you serious? <laughs> <I> spent hours <laughs> it's two clicks. Trying to find it. <laughs> Oh, sweet Ginger. Uh, Jenna's next question was in regards to cooking. And she wrote, I've been married over 10 years and still hate cooking. It stresses me out and I'm bad at it. Any tips for easy meals for my family for someone like me? Well, Jenna, I've been married for almost 19 years and I hate it probably as much as you do. (laughs) So I'm not going to be able to offer much hope here. But here are a few of my tips for making life in the kitchen a whole lot easier. One, don't pick recipes that have 10,000 ingredients in them. I'm so bad about that. It just looks so delicious, but it is a real pain in the neck. Um, second, make a double or triple batch of things and freeze them. And then you've got meals to pull out quickly. And the third is don't be afraid, if you can, to try a meal kit for a while just to expand your culinary horizons and even your kids' palates. That's helped a lot in that way with her kids. Mm. Well, I actually love to cook, but our lives are so busy right now that I'm doing a lot of simple two-dish meals with just one meat and one vegetable that don't take very long to prepare. Uh, So, for example, we might have baked fish and a salad one night or grilled chicken and Brussels sprouts or pork tenderloin and green beans, just simple dishes like that. I also like, because I'm such a Southern cook, I used to think you had to have the whole huge spread. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. That sounds real good. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it does. But, but, I, I, but I used to put too much pressure on myself to have mm-hmm. so many different dishes. So just having two things that are simple to prepare. Um, I also like to make one dish or one pot meals like chicken pot pie or chili or soup. Those are just quick and easy meals that only take about 30 minutes to prepare. Uh, Jenna, since you don't like to cook, I recommend that you search for recipes that are very simple and quick to prepare. And like Katie said, don't have a ton of ingredients involved. There's no reason to spend huge amounts of time on something that you don't enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. And I've also found that planning simple meals for the whole week ahead of time and writing them down keeps me from getting overwhelmed. I recently bought a small meal planning dry erase magnetic board for our fridge, which has been really awesome for keeping me on track. And so I plan out the whole week and I write it on my board and then I get all the groceries that I need for every meal. So I only have to shop one day. Uh, Katie, I love that you mentioned meal kits. We've gone through seasons where we have meal kits delivered that are quick and easy to prepare. And we've been really pleased with meals from Home Chef, but I know there's lots of companies out there, uh, some more expensive than others. And I also want to share about a system I use for Uh, many years when my kids were growing up that worked really well for us, I would double recipes so that we could get two dinners out of each meal that I prepared. So I would go ahead and set half aside before we ate so that no one would get into the second Mm -hmm. half. Uh, And then I would cook on Monday and Tuesday night, which gave us four meals. So we had Monday's leftovers on Wednesday, 
and Tuesday's leftovers on Thursday. So that gave me two nights in a row that I didn't have to cook at all, just simply reheat. Friday night was always pizza or takeout, and then Saturday was always something really simple, like just sandwiches, hamburger helper, spaghetti, tacos, something really simple like that, uh, because I always like to cook for Sunday on Saturday in order to make our Sundays more restful. Hey, you mentioned hamburger helper, and I do have a simple, delicious homemade hamburger helper recipe because, you know, I'm a little bit more like clean eating in some of my stuff. Right. And yep. I will put a link to that in the show notes because it is delicious. It's really okay. good. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, so um, I've used different systems for cooking for different seasons, but the key to making it easier and less overwhelming for me has always been to plan ahead and grocery shop one time for the whole week. Uh, I used to write our weekly meal plan on a calendar, but I really love this. new. I just got this a couple of months ago, so I'm all about it. But I, I love this magnetic dry erase board that I have on my fridge. Um, it just has just blocks to write in for each day of the week. It also comes with a little magnetic pen holder and different colored pens. So you can color coordinate breakfast, lunch, and dinner if you like. I just plan our dinners on there. I'll put a link to the one I have in the show notes. It actually came with a weekly and monthly board, but I just use the weekly. Now is the part of our show where we give a quick tip for parents. And today's quick tip is courtesy of Cindy in Texas. And she says this, Many years ago, my family started a tradition we call the last hurrah to help us transition back to reality after a vacation. This tradition involves recreating a memorable meal or a combination of our favorite meals from the trip. Once we return home, I take on the task of preparing a meal similar to what we enjoyed on vacation. I strive to replicate the experience by using our souvenirs and trip photos to decorate the table along with festive decor. The recipes I choose are reminiscent of the dishes we indulged in during our vacation. I've continued this tradition as our children were growing up, replicating our trip meals from Disney World, our beach getaways, and mountain excursions. This tradition has several benefits for our family. First, it allows us to reminisce about our trip as we enjoy our meal, recounting the fun activities we participated in. Additionally, it helps soften the inevitable sense of disappointment that comes with the end of a vacation. Hmm, I love that. Uh, it would also help me to get out of the rut of cooking the same five dishes over and over and over. <laughs> I love this idea so much. I think it's one of my favorites we've received. That is just mm -hmm. so clever. And I really, I love how you kind of keep the vacation going in that mm -hmm. sense. I, that mm -hmm. is, especially if you travel somewhere that has a totally different cuisine than what you're used to at home. That is mm -hmm. really, really neat. Yep. If you have a quick tip for our show, we would love to hear from you. It can be any random tip about cooking, housekeeping, something you do with your kids, ideas for fun date nights with your spouse, anything at all. We would love to share your ideas on the podcast. Just go to gingerhubbard.com slash quick tips to submit those. Well, listeners, I don't know if you got anything at all <laughs> out of our anniversary uh, Ask Us Anything episode, but we hope you were encouraged or at least entertained in some way. Well, they got some recipes, I hope. That's, so, that's yeah. right. That's right. Uh, but we sure had a lot of fun answering the questions. So next week, though, we promise to get back to our normal goal of helping you reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God. Sorry, Katie. I know I just totally stole your regular closing yeah, you statement. you did. I did. So you're going to have to come up with something else. The end. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you, Ginger. And thank you, listeners, for joining us today. If you enjoy our show and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And while you're there, can you leave us a rating or a review? This helps us get the word out about our podcast so that other parents can be encouraged to reach the hearts of their children. 
Visit gingerhubber.com to find Ginger's practical resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. Today, we're offering a discount on Ginger's children's books co-authored with Al Rowland. Just use the code parenting at checkout to get 10% off these three books. Sam and the Sticky Situation is a book about whining. Chloe in the Closet of Secrets is a book about lying. And Sean and his amazing shrinking sister is a book about teasing. But wait, listeners, we're also offering $10 off when you buy all three books. And that's in addition to the 10% discount on your total order. Again, just go to gingerhubbard.com and use the code parenting at checkout. Thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God. Have you ever been at a total loss for how to explain to your kids some of the really hard things they've seen in our culture or in the news? Sometimes I resort to distraction, like, hey, who wants ice cream? (laughs) Because I'm just not sure how to rightly respond. This is why I'm so excited about a new podcast that is stepping in to meet that need. The podcast is called Concurrently, and each episode is full of practical help so that we can teach our kids how to develop news literacy and biblical discernment. To find out more, visit concurrentlypodcast.com, and you can listen to new episodes of Concurrently every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts.